Good morning, Rabbi. Happy Easter. Good morning, Joe, and happy to Easter to you. And it's still the last day of Passover, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. We end tonight at sundown, though we want to make note that the Jewish calendar, because it is a, sol a lunar calendar that's corrected for the sun, the extra days were added outside of the land of Israel to make sure that the holidays coincided. But that was thousands of years ago. Now that the calendar is fixed, Reform Judaism has gone back to the pattern of following observance in Israel. So that gives us two dates to end Passover and two dates to end Sukkot and some other holidays. Do you add the extra day to protect against a calendar error or do you acknowledge the calendar's okay? So I don't need the extra day. So some people will observe seven, some will observe eight. There you go. Well, a decision for other heads than mine. Okay. But we're going to take advantage of this uh, joint holiday to ask uh, about the, um, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, on occasion, I've heard you remark about the similarities and, uh, of some of the principles expounded in the sermon. Uh, we could start with the Beatitudes, which were the, the part I remember and are most often quoted by so many people. Are they based on Jewish principle? Are they completely new? What, what's going on there? Th thank you. That's a great question because I love to talk about Jesus. What could be better? He was a preacher. He was an itinerant preacher of the time. And he was preaching what he was taught, which was rabbinic Judaism. The, we sometimes lose sight of the fact that Jesus and the other disciples had Jewish teachers, had studied in the academy. Now, remember, the word rabbi wasn't used at that time. So it's not appropriate to give Jesus the title rabbi. However, he functioned as a rabbi would. He was on a mountain. He went up on the mountain. He sat down and his disciples gathered around him. What could be a better image of a rabbi or teacher? Remember the word rabbi does mean teacher. And so Jesus had an audience and his frame of reference was to teach and he's gonna teach from his, his background. He's going to pick from the rabbinic teachings of the time, what, what better image than to, to start out with Whoever makes peace will be called the children of God. What could be a higher virtue than shalom? Well, but is it, he's not preaching literal Judaism when he, for example, in Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is that a literal interpretation of, of Jewish teaching or is that? He, he's a preacher. And what do we all do as preachers? We use metaphor, we use analogy, we use parables. And Jesus himself even said, I come and speak to you in metaphor, in parable. And so we don't want to lose sight of the fact that any good preacher is going to use imagery to teach the lesson. Okay? We're teaching truths. We're not doing CNN or newscasting. And so we have to say, 
what is the message that's getting across? What are we trying to say? So when they say, when Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. He was talking metaphorically about justice and the pursuit of justice. Later on, when Jesus is preaching to the crowd, there's, he says those, he says this very line, and then some woman in the crowd says something about, um, is, does that mean Jesus is going to pass water and food out for us? I don't remember the, the, I'd have to look up the passage, but everyone's befuddled because it's about spiritual hunger, spiritual thirst, not about physical. So he does give us an example of someone who takes it literally and he shrugs it off and says, that's not what I mean. I'm referring to a, a spiritual hunger. And uh, when they, he said, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. That's not promise of future real estate gains, is it? No, no definitely, definitely not. We're talking about the world to come. We're talking about the Ir Yerushalayim, the city of peace. So when we pray to return to Jerusalem, we're not talking about the geopolitics. We're talking about a spiritual realm when something will come about, when something will happen. And that sort of relates to uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But that's always quoted when it's an example of whatever happens to you here on earth, if you're suffering for a good cause, you're going to go to heaven. So that's seen as a reward for your good behavior. And that's really a good example of being able to use our passages for different results, different goals. Again, this is extremely important. If, and I think Jesus may mention this later on about false prophets. If someone is using this for self-aggrandizement and to make money and buy another jet plane or another vacation home, they're off base. But if someone is using this to help us get through the day, to help us understand God's plan, and there's no personal gain, then they're right on base. That's the criteria I use for interpreting any scripture, any sacred text, a TV commercial. You look at the TV commercial and you say to yourself, wait a minute, their goal is to sell a product. Their goal isn't to teach me about the value of this medication. It's to sell me a car. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take them at their word, I'm gonna do research. And that's different from when you hear someone say, these are the pros and cons, and there's nothing in it for them. When someone is saying something, you stop and you go, oh, okay, there's nothing in it for them. But if it gets them power and control, then we have to stop and analyze and be a little bit suspect. Of course, here's where we get to the part that most people see as a distinction between Christianity and Judaism, whereas as opposed to being a, a prophet or a preacher who is trying to inspire his audience, many people interpret Jesus as the son of God, the Messiah, and everything he's saying is an inspiration or an interpretation of the words coming directly from the Almighty. Does one have to be a literal interpretation and the other one have to be a spiritual interpretation? No. And again, I just go back to, you have to listen to the speaker. What's their agenda? 
Why are they doing this? What is their purpose? And if it's for them to acquire more material possessions or to hurt other people, then you wanna run the other way. However, if what they're presenting helps unite you with God and you don't hurt other people and you do turn the other cheek and you do help the poor, you do all these things, then by all means, that's, an, that's not just acceptable, that's wonderful because that's the goal. The goal is to unite with God. Well, I see your observations as definitely inspired in delivering divine wisdom and thought. So thank you very much. I know you can't eat it yet because it's still Passover, but I hope you get at least a bag of jelly beans and a chocolate bunny uh, in your basket. Well, at sundown, I'm heading for a submarine or a hoagie. That's the way to break the, the fast, so to speak. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Rabbi.